from KQED. Just walk around any neighborhood in San Francisco, like the Mission, where I am right now, and you'll see them. Four feet tall, green, made of metal. They are San Francisco's trash cans. In my experience, you can never seem to find one when you're looking for it, and when you do find one, it will often be surrounded by trash. They're usually broken in some way, which seems like quite a feat. Like, how do you even break a trash can? But there's this recycling container at the top that gets busted, and then anything you try to recycle falls into the trash can below. These trash cans got our question asker, Matt Leonard, wondering. What's the deal with San Francisco's trash cans? Why are they so unwieldy? And why does it seem like it's so hard to get them replaced? The history and future of San Francisco's trash cans. Today on Bay Curious. I'm Olivia Allen Price. We'll be right back. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. We asked reporter Christopher Beal to get down and dirty on San Francisco's trash cans and to find some answers for our question asker, Matt. Matt, this story is crazy. Really? Oh, gosh. Let me just break down what I found out so far. For starters, those big green trash cans we have now have been in place since 1993. San Francisco officials call them Renaissance cans. And in the almost 30 years since their installation, they've certainly had their detractors. For starters, District 6 Supervisor Matt Haney. I caught up with him in the Tenderloin. We're a city that unfortunately has become known around the country and around the world for dirty streets and sidewalks. And there's pretty much nothing more basic than a trash can. One of the frustrating things that I have experienced with our trash cans that we've had are that sometimes they're part of the problem. The story of San Francisco's trash cans started to go a little sideways in 2018. I don't know if you've heard the name Walter Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That name rings about recently indicted or something. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Tonight, a strange twist in the San Francisco corruption probe. Our investigative unit has learned the city bought $5 million worth of public garbage cans from a vendor with ties to ousted public works director, Mohamed Nuru. 
Cans that one supervisor says actually make the city's litter problem worse. Walter Wong was a permit expediter in San Francisco who pled guilty in 2020 to charges of conspiracy. He and then Department of Public Works Director Mohammed Nuru worked together to trade city contracts for gifts. It's messy. Anyway, so Wong has a family member who owned a company called Alternate Choice LLC who made and maintained, you guessed it, trash cans. You see where I'm going here? This is what I was wondering. Oh, yes. The story of San Francisco's dysfunctional trash cans past, present, and even future are tied directly to Walter Wong and Mohammed Nuru. This is like Sopranos Mafia. You know, they control the, the trash. That's insane. Today, permit expediter Wong is cooperating with federal officials in the corruption case against Nuru. Wong and his companies will ultimately repay about $1.5 million to the city because they violated ethics laws. The contract for these trash cans came about in a way that very possibly could have been corrupt. After their installation, city supervisors complained about the poorly maintained trash cans, but Nuru defended them, refusing to buy alternatives. He was adamant in his protection of these broken trash cans, and I think it was pretty clear that he was protecting his buddies who were giving us really uh, crappy cans. I want to bring in Rachel Gordon. Spokesperson for San Francisco Public Works. She shares Supervisor Haney's frustration with the condition of San Francisco's messy streets, but says it's vandals who are to blame for the used and abused trash cans. Folks like to do things like take the doors off, break the locks, ravage through them, scavenging, looking for cans and bottles, graffiti of them, knock them over. Rachel says the Department of Public Works has been working for years to try and find solutions to the trash can problems in the city. Things like removing trash cans in certain areas, putting more trash cans in others, and even installing sensors to tell DPW when a can is full. And that data will ultimately be used to help DPW pick where to put the next generation of trash cans. The bigger issue is how do we change behavior of people not trashing San Francisco in the first place. Like, that's a big challenge. I don't have the magic wand for that. How do you get it in someone's head that it's not okay to, to litter? We got into a mindset with some people, and certainly not all, in San Francisco, where they think you put it on the sidewalk and it will get picked up. In San Francisco, Public Works picks up about 90,000 pounds of litter uh, and debris a week. That, that's, from the the, that's from the streets? It's from the street. Wow. goodness, that is a lot. We have been looking at other cans, and we have been trying other cans in the city. Uh, we haven't found one that's going to be the perfect can yet for San Francisco. Are we going to get to the perfect can? We don't know that. The perfect can is the goal. And whether it's possible or not, the Department of Public Works is trying to get there. Mohammed Nuru's DPW began a process to replace the city's trash cans with new ones, but no off-the-shelf cans like what you might see in any other American city were deemed suitable for San Francisco. So the department commissioned a custom-designed can with some really specific ideas about what it should do and what it should look like. They wanted something tamper-proof with wheels on the inner can so workers don't get hurt emptying them. A sensor that can tell when they're full. Oh, and they have to be gorgeous, obviously. 
In the blog post for this episode of Bay Curious, there are some photos of the new trash can prototypes that are moving through the design process right now. One is called the Soft Square, and it has a little foot pedal on it. There's this elegant, well, for a trash can, slim silhouette can. And then the salt and pepper that literally looks like a giant salt shaker. The cans are sleek, and they're modern, and they are designed to solve a lot of the problems we have with the current Renaissance cans. But they're not cheap. There is going to be upfront costs for the design, for the prototyping, and then to manufacture the cans. And no one really knows exactly what the final price tag is going to be, at least not at this stage. Is an insane amount of money. It is a lot of money. I think no one can dispute that. The prototypes could cost as much as $12,000 per can, but it's believed that the final cans will be closer to the four-figure price tag of an off-the-rack trash can. But is it going to be money well spent? We'll, we'll see. We're hopeful it will be. Supervisor Haney is not as hopeful. In fact, he's frustrated. The way he sees it, the new trash can design process was initiated by someone who pled guilty to federal corruption charges. And now the city is going forward with the process Nuru put into place. San Francisco should not only be able to have something as basic as a functional trash can, but should be able to deploy replacement trash cans and new trash cans in a way that is A, not corrupt, B, fairly transparent and accountable, and C, doesn't take three or four years. The prototype trash cans are actually being made right here in San Francisco. The work is being done by this engineering firm called APROE. It's advanced prototype engineering, but we say A-Pro-E. That's Mozo Griffin. He's the founder. I went to Galileo High School here in San Francisco. He opened this shop in 2006. It's been a long, slow crawl to, to get here. So I'm really proud of what, what it's become. I stopped by for a visit at the end of December. Let me get you some safety glasses. Wait right here. Sure, yeah. Mose gave me a little tour of his design shop where some really specific parts, like some that may eventually be created for the new trash cans, were being created. What is this piece of equipment that we're hearing in the background here? What is that called? Uh, This is a CNC milling machine, so it's a computer-controlled cutting machine. This is a milling machine. Over on the side here is a lathe. These are kind of the workhorse uh, machine tools. If you find a machine shop, there's mostly mills and lathes. There are a lot of other really specific machines, but these are the more generic ones that can make lots and lots of different shapes. Mose and his crew will be working to create real trash cans from those prototype drawings. Those are from an industrial design firm. And industrial designers, their specialty is how do humans interact with shapes and how, you know, what are the right kinds of materials. They certainly do some level of, of engineering design, but uh, we're going to be doing the in-depth mechanical design. So the, what you said is correct. We're, we're taking those designs that we have been given and we're going to try as hard as we can to, to stay within the bounds of those shapes and material selections and all those things and uh, try to figure out how to get them manufactured for, for the prices that they've, they've outlined for us. They'll get that info figured out, and then the real work of making San Francisco's new trash cans begins. And it's worth noting that all of the work outside this shop is also being done by local businesses. Like the, the local piece is, is huge. In terms of the ability of the residents of SF to come up with a really cool trash can that you won't see in any other city, that's pretty cool, I think. The new trash cans will be out on the street testing in different neighborhoods as soon as they're done, but no official word on exactly when that's going to be. There's still the issue of picking the objectively best can, then coming up with a manufacturing process. There's a lot of steps. And then after all of that work is done, San Francisco should have sleek new cans all over town. 
After decades of dysfunction, corruption, and politics, the end is in sight for those unsightly green renaissance cans. That was reporter Christopher Beale. Head to baycurious.org to check out the proposed designs of those new cans. I'm Team Slim Silhouette and would love to hear which one you prefer. Let me know on Twitter. I'm at O. Allen Price. Thanks to listener Matt for asking this week's question. It's been a minute since I asked, so here goes. I would so appreciate it if you would consider leaving a rating and a review for Bay Curious on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It takes just a moment of your time, costs nothing, and really helps us out. So why not give it a go? Thanks so much. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our team is Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Sebastian Mignobuccelli, Vanessa Roncano, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Have a great week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, this Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.